This program, of course, is presented by Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the most widely read, widely sold, and respected wrestling magazine in the world today. This is the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Podcast. I'm your host, PWI Senior Writer Al Castle, joined as always by my co-host Brian Solomon. How's it going? Going really well, Al. Happy to be here as always. I see we're celebrating a sixth birthday party uh, behind you. Yes, it is my sixth birthday this week. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> I guess you don't look so great for six. <laughs> we had, we yeah, we had my son's birthday this week. Residual effect. His real birthday is is this week and the party, you know. You know how it goes. Yeah. And uh, joining us also, uh, the boss, uh, PWI editor, Kevin McElvaney. How's it going? I probably shouldn't claim the title of the boss. I mean, there's, it's, it's the, yeah, the, the now Mercedes you, or Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're all here because obviously uh, I feel like we say this every week, but uh, once again, a hugely newsworthy a few days coming off of WrestleMania, maybe one of the biggest WrestleManias in history. Certainly all the metrics that maybe um, is talking about shows that, but maybe not even the biggest story of the weekend um, with the, the news breaking of, um, I guess we're calling the WWE sale, even though it, it's hard, you know, not exactly clear if there was a transaction, but nevertheless, um, certainly a, a change in, in WWE as we know it being uh, acquired by Endeavor, which is the same company that um, owns UFC. And it's essentially a merger of WWE uh, and UFC working separately, but under the same uh, umbrella. Uh, Vince McMahon is very much back in charge. Uh, it, it sounds like he's going to be the executive chairman of uh, this whole thing. And so uh, we're going to be talking about all of it. And, and um, you know, we will discuss WrestleMania somewhat separately, but obviously it's hard to separate the two because uh, certainly now a lot of indications of maybe um, some of the reasons why we saw what we saw at WrestleMania uh, had to do with, with some of these changes. And, and frankly, it, it, it changes some of my perspective uh, on some of it. So, and I was there, I just got back from California yesterday, fantastic time at WrestleMania. So it's a little bit of a added perspective um, that uh, we'll have. Uh, we'll get into all of it uh, in, in a minute real quick. Let's get the plugs out of the way. Uh, the latest issue of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I've got the, uh, the May issue uh, with me uh, and you can get this on newsstands or ordered online, but now the June issue is um, available, at least a digital edition. The print edition, I guess it's a little more time before it's on uh, newsstands, but should be on its way to people's mailboxes. Is that right, Kevin? Correct. Yeah. If you're already a subscriber to PWI, you should be getting that any day now, honestly. They have shipped out. Um, the uh, Currently on newsstands, we still have the issue that you showed with Mercedes Renat Mercedes Monet on the cover. Uh, and... The next issue with the Impact Knockouts cover is on sale digitally now, or you can pre-order a copy from our website. That one hits newsstands Tuesday, April 18th. And let me put in a quick plug just while I'm on the topic of plugs. <laughs> um, if you wanted to get that issue in digital format and then get future issues in digital format, a great way to do that is the new print and digital bundle that we're offering. So it's a, it's a great discount that we have it would start with the current digital issue and then the next issue you would get both digital and print. Um, huge savings for that. You get instant access via the PWI app. You can look on the web, on your phone, on your tablet. It's a really great setup. It took it took a while to get everything in place, um, but it's 
continuing to improve. And I think it's a, yeah, it's a pretty good experience. I mean, I'm a little biased, but it's a great deal. That, that's so a great way to go because obviously there's always been like on, on one hand you want it faster and, yeah. and it, it, you get it more quickly if you uh, are a digital subscriber. On the other hand, obviously people love the magazine holding in your hand, all that. Why not do both? Now you can. Um, head over to pwi-online.com. You talked about the cover. Uh, I don't. I guess we don't have it because it's we don't have the print issue yet. But it's a really great cover. A little bit of a throwback to uh, what was it? The uh, the, the UWF uh, uh, cover is one of our, our more famous covers where you yeah got, um, a lot of the UWF wrestlers are grabbing for. Is it a trophy? Yeah, it's the, it's the February 1987 uh, PWI, which is the UWF PWI tournament for the fifty thousand dollar cash prize. Um, it's an iconic cover uh, from, you know, really, I mean, the hot period of, of pro wrestling magazines, one of our most popular best-selling issues to date and pretty good response to it. This has the impact knockouts, uh, fighting over Mickey James knockouts world title belt, which is really pretty appropriate because Mickey James at this point, unfortunately has suffered an injury and may or may not be able to defend that belt anymore. But the cover story talks to her, talks to Gail Kim, a couple of other, uh, performers from the division and looks at just how competitive it is so it's, it's a cool story fun throwback cover uh people are seeming to uh enjoy it so yeah that's i'm happy with how that one turned out kevin now we we have to do a tribute cover now of the michael hayes carrie von eric jack daniels and milk cover oh i love that cover that's <laughs> a class find two people for that you know unfortunately kurt angle you know he's over there yeah. now but we got to find some you know, maybe we do that one next Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I should add just real quick, Jason McVeigh wrote the uh, cover story for that issue. It's fantastic. It's a labor of love. He's, uh, he has, he knows more about impact than anybody I know. I think even inside impact, uh, he's just followed it since, you know, the very beginning weekly TNA pay-per-view eras. Um, and yeah, he was the best possible person to write this story. What, what else is in the issue? Uh, the, the, uh, the June issue. Yeah, there's, there's quite a bit of, of uh, stuff in the June issue. We have uh, the Knockouts cover story, of course. We have your feature story, which is prescient. I mean, it's talking about Bray Wyatt and things he could learn from The Undertaker. Uh, and, of course, Bray Wyatt has kind of vanished and some confusion around what's happening with him creatively or, or at all in WWE. So we have that article. There's another great piece by Scott Fishman, which talks about the problem AEW has where it's sort of turning into the NWO coming in on every segment, only it's a bunch of smaller NWOs, essentially like these groups of, of ruthless heel uh, heels who will gang up on the baby faces and who's going to stop it. So that that's a cool story and a few feature stories as well. Worth checking out on Shun Skywalker from Dragon Gate. He's the top champion there. Uh, Prodigy Billy Starks, who you've seen in AEW, MLW, other places. Lots of other stuff, columns. It's all good. Go pick it up. Yep, Nick Aldis, be all right. Nick Aldis interview. What's that? Oh, Nick Aldis, right? That's the hot seat. Hot seat. Oh yeah. So I was. It's like I know we have a really good hot seat, and I need to plug it. And I was gonna do it after Alice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Brian spoke with Nick Aldis, and there's really, uh, it's a great conversation. I think people will be not entirely surprised, but like it's just some really thought provoking ideas from all this there about just the way he sees the wrestling industry and how, you know, kind of the tribalism of it. And there's, there's, there's room to appreciate all different styles. It's a really good read. 
Yes, Thanks. yes. Well, check it all out, pwi-online.com. Uh, and again, you don't want to miss an issue, so go ahead and subscribe. Before we know it, we're going to be talking PWI 500 again in, in a couple months. So uh, we're starting to <laughs> miss an issue. All right, let, let's get into it. As I mentioned, I got back from California yesterday, WrestleMania weekend. Um, loads of fun, loads of, of news coming out of it, WWE and, and otherwise. But then the big bombshell drops about um, the, the WWE sale, the merger with... Um, uh, UFC under the Endeavor corporate banner, Vince McMahon very much back in charge as executive chairman. Um, and uh, not sure how to get into it, but 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 why don't we start with the main event of uh, WrestleMania? Uh, kind of a shocker. I don't want to put it in in the category of of Brock versus Undertaker, but I think it it's probably the the next closest in terms of a jaw-dropping finish everybody i think you know assumed that that this was it and we talked about it that you know cody winning the title he did not he lost to roman reigns and they seem to be kind of full steam ahead with with roman um i'm going forward and uh, last night we saw them sort of shift now cody uh i guess a program with with brock lesnar um what does it all mean uh i very much was looking forward to exciting excited felt this was the time to put the title on Cody. When they didn't do it, I had kind of a mixed reaction, um, but I really, I wasn't down on it. And, and something my, my kid told me, and I tweeted it out, uh, was this is Infinity War, right? WWE, uh, W's version of Marvel Infinity War, which is, this is a, a piece of the story, not the full story, Kind of a downer, but it's a downer, so you have an even bigger payoff down the line. And when I saw Cody get pinned, I mean, my first reaction was, they've got to overturn this. No way is this the finish. We, we need the, the dusty finish here, which would have been appropriate. Um, but they didn't, and the show went off the air. And my thought was, well, now we know the main event of WrestleMania 40, and it is Cody versus uh, Roman Reigns. And at this point, you know, you can't even talk about The Rock or, or anything else. Um, this has to be the main event. And I, I do think that in, in little ways, they planted some seeds about um, that being the main event. I know Cody did an, an interview on the Rich Eisen show uh, last week promoting WrestleMania, where they asked him, like, what your your favorite building to, to work in is. And he talked about Philadelphia, uh, which I thought was odd because I never really like, equated Cody um, with Philadelphia. But Again, is he maybe sowing the seeds? You know, Mania 40, big round number, birthplace of the nation, all that. It is risky. A lot has to go right between now and and then to keep, um, not even keep the momentum because inevitably you're going to lose the momentum to get back the momentum, to get to get back to, uh, you know, they, they built a crescendo for WrestleMania and obviously now they're, they're, they're moving on and to, re, to get back up there and on a higher level, is a, a huge risk to take. I mean, for one, it counts on everybody being healthy and Cody being over. And, and I know he'll be over somewhat, but will he be as over as he was this past week in, in California where fans really, really wanted to see it? Um, and so there's certainly a part of me that thinks I appreciate the long-term storytelling. And um, if if there is a bigger picture here and a bigger plan, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. But then we get word of Vince McMahon being back in charge, um, you know, apparently not just at the helm, but very much uh, involved with creative. Word is that he ran Raw last night, which is not a good thing. I, I don't think a lot of the reviews for um, for Raw were particularly positive, and it did feel like a Vince McMahon Raw. And if 
the decision um, to beat Cody on Sunday was very much Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon's it really makes me reconsider everything because then it starts to feel more like Triple H and Sting years ago where this wasn't about anything other than no Roman is our guy Cody is not and we're moving on and um that thing that all you fans really want no we're not doing that we're doing Roman and and you know let's get Brock back into the mix and kind of like a, a familiar formula and that makes me terrified and really bummed out um, it would just be one of the most unsatisfying things if they never go all the way with Cody. And one more, if they they do go all the way with Cody at any other stage but WrestleMania. You know, Brian, we talked about uh, uh, last week, and it throws a perfect analogy that you brought up, Lex Luger at SummerSlam and how they missed it. They missed that that window um, the, where the, the time was right and they never got it back. And when Cody was in the ring last night talking about, let's do the rematch tonight, let's do the rematch and the money back, I'm just thinking, no, no, no. I mean, it, it can't be anything other than WrestleMania 40, or it will be incredibly unsatisfying. Um, and under Triple, H, Triple H's vision, I had the faith and the trust that um, they knew what they were doing. If this is Vince, I don't have that faith at all, right? Yeah, um, I think that, well, I mean, I have so many thoughts on this, but clearly... Clearly, this was the wrong move, and I don't care how many bizarre gaslighting WWE fans come at me on Twitter. This was the wrong move. Um, this was a very, very big blunder, and I think as time moves forward, the perspective on that, I think, is going to make it clear. Now, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt and all that, like some of the things you alluded to, Al, and what other people have that, you know, oh, just wait, this is part of the story and that kind of thing. No. Uh, that was the moment. That night was the moment. To get back to a moment like that is going to be next to impossible. And now my feeling is that that's not even their interest to try to get back to a moment like that. Um, that's when you do it. I mean, all this kind of like everybody all of a sudden turns into like Bill Watts with all these like booking theories of how it works. It's like that's where you do it. What is the point of saying, oh, we're going to screw you at WrestleMania? But wait till we get too fully loaded. That's the big one. <laughs> like, no, that that's where you do it. And um, anything after that is going to be an anticlimax. Am I going to say he's never going to get it? No. I mean, there's a good chance that he will get it. It's not going to mean anything like what it did. And it'll probably be kind of a short thing. I do think that, um, I mean, look. Um, the story, it's one thing to tell a story that has parts to it and all this, and you can't just beat the guy, but everybody's like, well, you can't just beat the guy right out of the gate. This is a man who's held the title for two and a half years. I mean, no one's held the title this long, you know, since, since like Ronald Reagan was president. So, I mean, uh, this isn't like any, it wouldn't be any like lack of patience to put the title on Cody, who they've been building for a year. Um, I, I just think that, yes, this is this feels like the classic kind of pettiness of WWE, almost like, and I hate to almost sound like a conspiracy theorist, but almost to the point of, because we know that when Cody was brought back, Vince was still firmly in charge at that time. It almost feels like this is what Vince wanted to do all along. And I think that maybe it's not what Triple H wanted to do, possibly, but now that Vince is back, it's like they're going back to what the original plan was, which was to just eventually squash him and kind of minimize him. I mean, this is the guy. Think about what he did to his dad. I mean, you, you don't need to be 
you know, uh, that much of a conspiracy person to imagine. I mean, they took his dad, who was one of the biggest stars of his era, and made him into, or tried their best to make him into a joke. He got over better than they ever thought he would. Um, it's the, the other thing we have to take into account here is we've talked about it, Al. Cody's the one, the, one of those guys that he's always, you always feel like if they don't handle him right, he's on the verge of having fans turn because he's like this pure baby face. You have to be very careful with a character like that in this day and age. You know, it's one thing to be like a badass, like an Austin or whatever, or, or like a, you know, like that kind of character or a rock. You have to handle him with care. And doing these things, he comes across, this is not how I feel about him personally or as a talent. I think he's phenomenal. The way he's being booked, he comes across as weak and as a loser. And the way WrestleMania ended, the way he was treated, I even think, look, I even think the visual of putting him with Brock makes him look like he doesn't belong there. You know, Brock is this monster alpha male and they have Cody in like a purple suit standing next to Brock who even though Cody's Cody's not a small man but he looks like a small man and I think these are all kind of like carefully calculated things to make him look weak and that he doesn't belong there and whether that whether that's their intention or not that's going to be what happens and I I, I want to be proven wrong but I just sense that fans will turn on him so that by the time you do decide to do this or pull the trigger or whatever, um, they've already turned on him. And then you can justify it by saying like, well, this isn't what the fans want. So, you know, we're not going to go that route. So it just it just smacks of all this. The Endeavor sale, Vince taking over again. I'll, I'll just the say, evil new mustache. Right. His snidely <laughs> whiplash kind of thing that he has going on. I think that I do think that this was a change. I, I believe that the original plan was for Cody to go over here. In fact, I think if he hadn't have gotten a hurt, I think we talked about this last time. I think they might have done a screw job finish at SummerSlam like they did here and then build towards Cody winning it at Mania. I think that might have been possibly yeah. in the cards. But I do think this was a last minute change and I think it had a lot to do with Vince being back. Yeah, that that's what makes me uh worried, you know, trying again to give the benefit of the doubt, not to Vince McMahon because he, he doesn't deserve it, but Triple H, I think very much um, does. Um, I I do think again, sort of devil's advocate. Cody has only been back on TV uh, a few months. Um, yes. The fans were geared up ready for him to get that spot. Uh, but we've also talked about that on some weeks, you know, the timing didn't feel like quite right, like he didn't peak at the right time. You know, it, this is all to say, could you make fans want it more? Could you build Cody even bigger? The reality is, even since he uh, arrived uh, a year ago, Cody hasn't worked with very many people, right? I mean, his the first part of his run that was cut short, all he did was work with Seth Rollins on three pay-per-views, all the house shows. It was the same match, Seth, great matches, but it was like one program. And then gone all that time, comes back, wins the Royal Rumble, straight to Roman Reigns. So can you make an ar argument that you, you build on, um, you know, that snowball keeps on rolling down the hill and you have him take out a Brock Lesnar and he gets hotter and hotter and bigger and bigger? Sure. You know, do I think that that's what's happening? I don't know. You know, it, it it's not clear. I, I wish we knew outright whether this was the plan all along or as, as you suggested, which, you know, it very much has that feel. This was a change. 
made by Vince McMahon. And to me, you know, when I was in the building and I was, you know, seeing Cody come to the ring and everybody singing along with the music and there was just such a, a feeling of like this groundswell and people just waiting for it. And then he um, stops by and he grabs his daughter and, you know, the little girl reaches out for their dad. It was such a moment, right? It's like, there's no way they can beat this guy, you know? And um, they did. And they did sort of, I mean, you know, you had well, the whole Sokoa shot, but it wasn't even very controversial. I mean, it was no. you know, right, right in the middle. And I know it might be reading too much into things, but like, I always, I'm one of these people that, you know, you know, sometimes how they say you could tell when people come out for a match, sometimes you could tell what's on their mind, like what's going to happen in the match. And this did kind you see of something from Cody? Yes, I did. And I didn't quite know what it was. Now, look, I was expecting him to be very emotional, especially if and when he won, that it would be this emotional moment. But there was a level of emotion that when he came out, and it was even before he was there with his family, that it read to me almost like disappointment, like a very serious amount of disappointment, like I can't believe I have to go through with this. Now, again, that could be me completely projecting, but he was very emotional coming out. I mean, he almost looked like he was about to cry. And I'm talking about like just as he was coming down the ramp, and it might have been just overwhelmed with the moment and the crowd, and I understand that. But in hindsight, I'm going like, is he thinking like, holy crap, I can't believe after all this, I have to walk out and do this, like almost like second-guessing yeah. everything. And I had people going, oh, you know, uh, this is the chase. The money's in the chase. You got to chase the title. and But you have to give people something or they're going to give up. You know, like we talked last time we did this, this was the moment for Roman. He's been great. He is great. But it can't just keep going on and on and on. That's not a story. That's just, you know, you have to give the fans something so that they keep hoping. You know, people were like, well, look at how Dusty Rhodes booked Ric Flair and he was unstoppable and the faces were always chasing him. Yes. Ric Flair lost the title six times in seven years. Yeah. And, you know, he would lose it to a face, get it back really quickly. But it would give the fans hope like, oh, maybe this guy will be the next one. You have to give him hope. I love long title reigns, but you have to know when it's time to end it. I, I, I agree. I want to get to Kevin in, in a second. But but oh, yeah. um, um, I guess what, I, what I'm trying to do, maybe it's just sort of being optimistic, is thinking, is there a way that that this could work? And there is, right? I mean, there is, there is a way where you, you build it. Cody gets hotter. WrestleMania 40 is a bigger stage, theoretically, than WrestleMania 39 Roman gets hotter, you know, you get to the thousand uh, days, he beats the the Pedro Morales uh, of record or Dude. in his reign. The legend of Roman Reigns is even bigger. Um, you know, he keeps on going on a streak, even more sort of like um, unbeatable, insurmountable. And then you've got all the circumstances that made WrestleMania 39 feel so so special, even more special at WrestleMania 40, because now Cody's got to climb all the way back from, from this valley, you know, and it becomes that much more inspirational. You know, again, is there a universe where, where that could be the plan and they do it? Yes. You know, do I think that's what's going to happen? Oh, I don't know. You know, even if that is the plan, it's so much between now and then that, that that have to go right. And now back in the hands of somebody who we know from one show to the other completely changes his mind, rewrites scripts minutes before. And showtime. apparently I, did it last night. He did yeah, I just don't night. believe um, that, that um, you know, he, he's going to hold out that uh, he, he has the, the, the patience 
um, to do that or the the, the focus, the, the attention to, uh, to do it. Um, and the added element that I think you, you touched on, which is very much the case, is this is Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is petty and this is a Rhodes. And Cody, you know, started AEW and, and went right. up against them. And one. there's the whole family, the history, as you touched on with Cody, you know, Vince McMahon spent 30 plus years uh, just crapping on the roads for sport, right? I mean, at, at every corner trying to humiliate him and his family, you know, after Dusty died, right. um, they still had him in this goofy uh, Stardust character, which I think everybody knew wasn't benefiting anybody, but it was just about sending a message. It was just about putting your thumb on on uh, Cody and the Rhodes family. And what kind of like the, the ultimate sort of insult here um, would be this. You build them up to WrestleMania and, and you beat them and that's it. Now, Cody, yeah, you go work with Brock Lesnar near the top of the card and we'll find something else for Roman Reigns. If that's what it is, it's, it's terrible, disheartening, discouraging. I mean, it's the kind of thing that all the goodwill that WWE has built up um, really since Triple H has, has uh, been in power they are really jeopardizing it um, with everything we've seen. Uh, uh, Kevin, uh, weigh in here. Okay, so there's so much to cover there, and I yes, won't attempt to cover most of it. But um, similarly, I was completely shocked by the, the finish. I was I was certain that Cody was going to to win the match, win the title at WrestleMania. I mean, it, it, it seemed. I don't know. I thought WrestleMania 39, Cody winning. You know. Outside, I think even in a scenario where The Rock came back, I think they would have found a way to get the title on Cody before then. Um, you know, maybe that wasn't the plan. Um, I do think, at least at first, they were trying to make a good faith effort to make Cody look good. I mean, he beat Seth three matches in a row at pay-per-view. That, that, that's a huge deal. I know Seth loses a lot, and we've talked about that on this podcast a few times, but it was really a show of faith in him to let him come in have his gimmick, have his music, his same nickname, same attire, and then come in and, and, you know, beat one of their top stars, three pay-per-views in a row. Um, I think likely the company appreciated what he did at Hell in a Cell, even though in hindsight, maybe not the best idea, but you know, it was, it was a show of, of fortitude on his part. And I think, you know, Vince McMahon being relatively out of the picture when the Royal Rumble came. I I wouldn't have been shocked if Cody won the Royal Rumble anyway. I, I think cert, a certain amount of this was already going to be in motion. I The build, at least under Triple H, felt like it was designed to deliver a Cody victory at WrestleMania, right down to Roman kind of refusing to put him over in promos and stuff like that. That doesn't do anybody any good. You know, he's just kind of like, oh, you know, your dad never really talked about you and Michael Cole saying on commentary, this is just another day at the office for Roman Reigns, but he should be careful. And, you know, he, they, he didn't really give him anything until the match. Um, and that, you know, that feels like in most cases sort of a swerve to set up like, well, he's going to learn real fast. Um, but in reality, he didn't because he it was kind of a standard Roman Reigns match finish. Yes. Um, you know, how much of it's Vince, how much is Triple H, it's hard to say, but... A lot of stuff has happened very quickly with events. And I mean, I, I'm sure we're going to talk about this in conjunction with the sale later, but you know, a lot of that was just uh, doesn't give me a lot of confidence in the company's creative direction going forward. So I do think there are ways to salvage this. I think there are possibly even plans they already have in place. But what I've learned is that a lot of times these plans are abandoned for almost no reason at all. So um, I think this has a lot of implications for 
you know, the quality of the show going forward for the job security of some of the performers. It also, if I'm someone like an MJF um, who, you know, may already have ostensibly agreed to stay with AEW, but, um, or Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks, these people that WWE is supposed to be courting in the months ahead. I, I look at what's been happening lately and, and what happened with Cody at WrestleMania in like the most no brainer scenario you need a baby face, even if it's not like a white meat baby face with right. Cody, you need, you need, you need a baby face, a good guy, a hero that people will actually root for. Um, they passed over Sami Zayn for that. And I think it, a lot of people understood like, Hey, look, uh, that would have been uh, a great moment for the fans. If Sammy had won the, the title there, but they have another plan with Cody Rhodes and they're sticking to that. And that wasn't what happened either. So yeah. it's kind of like, do you, you don't want to give anybody, um, like Brian said, any hope, I mean, anything to hang their hat on. And I mean, that's at a certain point, that's not delayed gratification. That's antagonizing your audience, right. uh, which is why you saw, you know, before everything happened with Vince last year, the, the ratings were in the toilet. Like there, there was just no denying, like it was the shows were SmackDown was doing well in spite of Vince, I think in some cases, because the bloodline was catching on uh, or beginning to. And then Raw was, well, we know. We, Raw was what it was last night. You had a three-hour show with one hour commercial free, and it was something like less than 30 minutes total match time, and then an advertised main event, which is a huge main event, and they just flat out don't give it to you in any way. I mean, maybe one time that happened under Triple H was that, that cage match with uh, Becky Lynch and Bailey. A lot of people were rightly kind of you know pissed off about that. I was, I was upset, too. I tuned in specifically for that match. Um, but the explanation given there is that you know they kind of ran short on time, and Fair enough. They delivered it, you know, a few weeks later and it was, and it was, it was a big match and they gave it time. Um, that to me is not Vince McMahon's booking strategy. Mm. It's not logical necessarily or giving fans what they want. It's like kind of, I, he's, he said on camera in character numerous times over the years, frankly, I know what you want better than what you do. You know, it's, it's meant to be antagonizing on camera, but he friggin' believes that everything mm -hmm. he's done over the years has in his, you know, how he's conducted himself as a professional, how he's presented the product. It, yeah. I, I don't know. This is kind of a bleak situation for Cody and uh, it's, you know, it's yeah. hard not to feel bad for the guy. Cause he really, he walked away from something he built um, and, you know, they could still do right by him, but he walked away from something he built and had a real stake in had, you know, his, his kids there in, in terms of like how he referred to, to his uh, protégés and students. Um, and he left all of that. And, you know, he had certainly had reasons to leave and there were some of them we'll, we'll never even know about, but he did that. And it was a risk uh, to go back to WWE where he had not been treated well. And then, well, I mean, they could still make good on him, but kind of like Brian says, that was, that was the best opportunity to do it. And I, I think he's going to lose momentum now that he's beaten yeah. and he's been humiliated by Brock and he's been shown to be, he's going to look corny for lack of a better word. That's, that's it. Yeah. I mean, he's like I said, as much as I, I love him and I'm, I'm completely on board with the character. I also know I'm not the target demo of the show and I haven't been for a long time. And for a lot of fans, like they need convincing to believe that Cody Rhodes is a cool guy that they should root for. They need convincing of that. And, you know, like the, the Brock thing is going to be a real test. Even if I if I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say, yes, they're building towards this thing. And, you know, Brock is something to keep him busy. Right. 
he's got to win then. He, and he's got to win convincingly because that's the point. Because if like he beats somebody like, like Brock, and not only beats him, but like convincingly, strongly. Okay, then I'll say, oh, maybe, maybe. You know, I'm not saying it's how I would have done it, but maybe. If he loses to Brock, then we know the jig is up. I mean, that that that's cards on the table if he loses to Brock. There's no point in that. You know, it's just, it's forgetting the idea that, look, not to get preachy, but wrestling is supposed to be catharsis. I mean, the idea is enjoyment and to give fans a, a good feeling. And, and that comes from the good guys winning. I'm not saying the good guys always win, but they usually win in the end of whatever. And so even when you've got a Which heel. Which is what WrestleMania traditionally is. Right. right. That's even it. Even yeah. when you have a heel that's running roughshod and beating everybody, the idea is you're doing that so that it feels really good when he loses. If he never loses and he keeps going and going, what is it? That's not the way now, booking's done. Again, you know, all these things get addressed if they, um, you know, climax at next year's WrestleMania. That's that's a big risk, and and it's uh, putting a lot of faith in in somebody who, frankly, doesn't uh, deserve it. And and that's one of the frustrating things too is that you know you touched on it, Kevin. It's like throughout the last year there were all these other opportunities, and we defended the direction WWE was going in. You know there are people calling uh, to to put it on Drew at Clash of the Castle, and that felt right. You know, right they're they're in Wales, and it's this packed stadium, and that you know Drew's got all this goodwill. And they didn't do it. And you think, okay, there's a bigger plan. And then Sammy in Montreal and, you know, the groundswell support for him, that felt right. They didn't do it. And again, you give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, all right, they're they're building to something. They're building to something. But then you don't do that thing. And now, uh, again, I, the only way I think to salvage it is next year's uh, WrestleMania. And between now and then, not only do they have uh, a year's worth of shows, but they have, especially under this this new uh, model uh, with Endeavor, and we're going to see it even more, you know, they kind of want everything to be WrestleMania, right? So we're, Money in the Bank is going to, I think, be in, in a stadium, right? And um, uh, uh, SummerSlam is going to be in Ford Field in, in Detroit, you know, which we last saw them at WrestleMania 23. So... Uh, along the way, they're going to need those big matches, and the temptation is going to be, yeah, all right, let's have put the, the the belt on Cody here in you know Money in the Bank or something like that, and it will be. I'm sure they'll have a great match when when it happens, and and it'll be a great moment, but it's not going to be the same. They missed it. They missed it. Unless again, they get all the way to to next year, and if that's the case, you know, forget about what you do with with. Cody over the next year because that's almost a little easier to figure out. It's a, a Brock Lesnar, and you know you could you could go back to Seth. You could set up these opponents where he's building, 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 and he can fall along the way. He could lose some matches, and and you just kind of get him back into the Royal Rumble, and he wins, and you're, you're on your way. But what do you do with Roman for the next year? That is that is um, compelling. That is believable. I mean, he's he's cleaned out the division. Uh, you can, you know, there's matches that haven't been done, whether it's Bobby Lashley or you could go back to uh, a Braun Strowman or something like that. Um, but I think but if Randy Orton be, comes back, that'll be his right. Day. Randy haven't yeah. done. I mean, there are matches, but but how do you uh, keep it really interesting? And that's the other thing is we, we've talked about Roman is so great. There's absolutely part of me that's like, all right, let's keep it going. You know, R Roman's uh, incredible, but also even that. You know the Usos lost now, right? So, so the bloodline's a little bit weakened. Uh, it's like I I don't know that there's a, a a year's worth of of material here with Roman and and the bloodline, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that um, it's it's like, look, there's such a thing as too much of a good thing. I, I appreciate the patience in the booking. I mean, I was telling somebody this. You look around, and you've got the longest reigning, you know, like Bianca Belair, Raw Women's Champion for a year. The Usos, longest reigning tag champs ever. <clears throat> Gunther, longest reigning IC champ since the Honky Tonk Man, plus the Roman Reigns thing. I like that. I like the patience and like playing things out and not hot shotting. I think it's great. But again, you have to know when this thing of, you know, people are going, well, he's going for a record or he's going to pass a thousand days. I'm the biggest wrestling statistics nerd there is, but I don't think that translates to business at all. I do not think that a legitimate reason to keep a belt on somebody is so they hit a record. And, and unless it has some really serious storyline implications i think that's very foolish if that was factoring into their thinking of like well we can't have cody win it because roman is almost close to beating pedro morales like i i, I just don't. i don't think that's a thing i do think the thousand days is a thing i think they yeah, want to get and, there, and triple h actually know. mentioned it last night which makes me think that it is a thing I still think that's no reason to keep it going. But I don't know what it is. It's it's a ceremony with those balloons behind you on on SmackDown, you know, and and an angle, you know. That, that's it. Uh, beyond that, I don't, I don't know what the significance is. Right. Um. Let's talk a little bit more about uh the sale and what it means. How WWE is going to change for the better or for the worse. You know, they had Triple H open the show yesterday to kind of reassure fans. You know, don't worry, nothing is changing here. It's the speech like that we we've all had at a job at some point when like a new company buys it, right? Like everybody's job is safe. There's nothing to worry about. Uh, and then the heads start rolling. So I, I don't, you know, I, I I certainly get it, right? I mean, like in, in terms of uh other companies that are similar to WWE, you know, UFC is as close as they come, and, and that's not by by accident. I mean, um, they were inspired by WWE. They've said that Dana, Dana White always, you know, raves about Vince McMahon sort of being his hero. So, you know, the synergies, all that, it, it makes sense. You know, the questions are, what does this mean for, for fans? And what does this mean for the talent? And and in both cases, I don't know. I, I think they're set up to make a lot more money, right? So if you work for WWE, especially if you're like a, uh, an executive there, I get it. You're going to, you're going to make a whole lot more money, you know, and we've already seen, um, with with Nick Khan, them take advantage of these opportunities, you know, little things, but like having a cinnamon raisin crunch guy running around the the ring, um, it, it, that was all over WrestleMania, and it's fine. It's like great, you know, find your new revenue streams wherever you can find them, if as long as you're not sort of sacrificing a lot from the product. But this does make me worry because, um, you know, in in as much as you know, they're they're going to go with best practices, that kind of thing. Uh, there are a lot of things about the UFC model that I'm I'm not a big fan of and and I worry about, um, you know, not the least of which is fleecing your customers. You know, uh, now we're you you like paying $80 per month for a pay -per -view? your ESPN uh, uh, plus subscription. I don't know what it is, but yeah, you've got to uh, pay for your ESPN plus subscription, with the, which is something five dollars a month and for the the right for the opportunity to then go and buy in a and I think it's up to 80 bucks or something. And and yet the UFC talent is kind of, there's a lot of, especially the MMA yeah. circles talks about their, yeah, they're not at the very highest level. They're all paid very well, but the understanding is WWE, even at a lower level, maybe outside of developmental, you know, just being on the roster pays pretty well. 
um, UFC doesn't necessarily like no. they're out there making unless you're a fight. top top guy, and even them, I mean, like a, a, a John Jones or something, doesn't make um, what what you know. I don't want to say a mid level boxing attraction, but um, you know, a, a Tyson Fury, who's a, who's a big boxing attraction, it, it's not right. even comparable, right? No. I mean, you know, if if you're a, a top UFC guy. Uh, you hope to break into those seven figures for a fight, and and I think it's relatively rare. And if you're underneath, you're not making very much uh, at all. And the other thing is ticket prices, right? I mean, they were selling tickets at WrestleMania for for all the crap we give WWE. I, I think they've done a decent job um, over the years of keeping ticket prices somewhat reasonable. And even for for WrestleMania, um, you could get in for a reasonable amount amount of money. You know, UFC comes around here to New York every once in a while and where they're in the garden. Forget it. Forget. I mean, like you can't get in the building for for less than three hundred dollars for um, the, the cheap seats and they sell them all. And now you're going to have a bug in, in uh, Vince McMahon's ear. You know, why are you charging so little for tickets? The, you know, these people will pay so much more. And, um, you know, forget I do think about- it's some th- other people will pay it, though. Alan. I think like I mean, you can attest to this taking, you know, your kids to these events you don't have as much of that at you as you at UFC. But that might be it. It might be changing what the demo is and the target is, and you aim more for the high roller. I don't know in, in pro wrestling how much of that is realistic in terms of just like uh, there's a certain I don't know. I, I don't think you're gonna you're gonna pack Madison Square Garden with a bunch of millionaires for a WWE show. Uh, but this is all to say this all looks like an opportunity to make a lot more money for a relatively small number of people in who work very high up in um, Endeavor and WWE. This is about, you know, I would think about very rich people getting richer. And hey, it's not, like, it's uh, like everything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, not necessarily uh, anything good for the fans. So uh, Kevin, you know, you, you've got to work with these people a lot in, in, in your uh, position. What are your expectations about how things change? Um, so I, I think it'll depend on what, happens internally uh in terms of people being let go and things like that i mean i can even speak to you know adam hawkins who worked there for years was incredibly responsive great to work with easy to approach and like the the current setup is professional and it's been fine um and we ultimately still get like what we, we need to get from them like in terms of you know access and things like that but it is a lot less personal and I don't expect that to be to really change unless they have some rock star is going to do it for the whole company. But like the combined WWE UFC, um, you know, but I, I think just there's some concern. I mean, I there was a lot of talk even about like our awards issue where talent were taking pictures with their plaques and such. And, you know, that that not happening under Vince wasn't necessarily like Vince says no to this. It wasn't, but you know, we put in requests and sometimes requests are accepted. Sometimes they're not. Um, I do think that willingness to like, yeah, we'll have our talent on the cover with plaques along with other talent. Like, and we won't say anything about it. I, I, I don't know how much that flies under, under Vince, but I mean, like it's what we're going to try for because this is, you know, we're covering the entire industry, the entire sport, whatever you, you're going to call it. Um, and we'll continue to, you know, work with them professionally. And, and so far it's been fine. I'm a little distrustful of Vince McMahon's uh, MO here because honestly, I mean, the, the, the whole thing, and I, I was just talking about this earlier online, like, you know, 
it's it's performative and uh it's there are these allegations against him and the, like obviously a lot of these have not been adjudicated in court there have been ndas we only know so much about it legally but how many stories do you have over the years about vince mcmahon doing just not doing right by his talent one way or another yeah. you know whether yeah. or not any sexual assault allegations sexual misconduct allegations are true you know again they can be tr uh tried in court but you know there have been you know, these aren't like completely made up on the fly things. These are, these are uh, allegations that have people have corrupt. Yeah. So-and-so told me about this, or this has been corroborated and that doesn't mean he's guilty, but you know, there was this investigation and he ended up having to pay for the investigation. And then he ended up paying, you know, for uh, other, other costs that were deemed like these should have been company expense expenses and such and trying to keep everything above board. And then he rides it out and then he comes back and you know it's bit by bit just like kind of death by a thousand cuts thing yeah he starts and he's okay well you know i'm really just coming back to facilitate a sale which let's say I, we talked about this in the magazine but it was even that was a little bit like huh like where how do you have inside the inside on a sale of a sudden like who are you talking to which yeah. I, I don't know that there's anything illegal about that but there's really no denying that he kind of forced his way back into the position because the board flat out voted against him returning and then there he is. And then some of the board resigns and some of the board is you know, gone. And then he's back in his position of power. And it's like, okay, yeah, he's doing this, but he's just there to facilitate a sale. Okay. This well, he's, you know, ex he's executive chairman and he can do what he kind of what he wants. Like, oh, he's not in creative. Okay. He's, he's talking to, to Paul Levesque, but he's not really in charge of anything. Okay. Yeah. Maybe this storyline was his, but you know, Paul Levesque doesn't have to do anything. And then, then you have like, okay, reports that he's backstage script rewrites last minute, same old crap. Um, yep. So, it, and it just seems so hollow. Like he, he stepped away and did everything that he legally had to do um, so that he wouldn't get in trouble. And so that everything he wanted could, you know, take place um, from a legal and I guess, you know, fiduciary standpoint, like the, the eyes are dotted, the T's are crossed. I'm not saying anything illegal happened because it, it didn't, they were very above board in taking all the steps that they had to take but like let's look at the facts vince mcmahon paid off not paid off he paid back the money uh th for the cost of the investigation it was something like 19 million dollars that, that was paid back recently this was yes. reported a couple of weeks ago that sounds very familiar somebody uh paying off some, <laughs> somebody uh for silence well okay that's, yeah. That's, yeah. So that's another well, you know what i no, but i i bring that up for for a reason not to delve yeah. into politics but but um there is all an association about like the kind of people that we are talking about right and yeah. um that includes dana white who was just caught on camera a couple of weeks ago smacking his wife in the face you yes. know, and paid zero consequences. There, there were n no kind of discipline, uh, disciplinary actions against him. Uh, never slap, suspended. Power not, slap was delayed a week, and then he right, wasn't on nothing, the first nothing. episode or something. And uh, again, I'm not going to name names, but you, you, you think about the players involved. There's, a, there's um, a connection with all of them, and I don't mean in terms of conspiracy theory, but I mean in terms of. Um, this is the kind of people that we're talking about now at at the helm, and what these people are about, and and these people um, are are for whatever they say. I mean, and they might even believe it that they're about um, fan service and that kind of thing. At the end of the day, they are about um, I think power and and money. And um, I'm not naive. I get that everybody's trying to make money sure. and and climb up, um, and and including somebody like Paul Levesque. But I think in Paul Levesque, and we saw it firsthand for the last several months is I do think that you saw there's somebody who 
really did want to do what was best for fans and best for for the product while also you know um addressing his responsibilities as an executive and and to grow the company and, and make money and i and i just worry that there's not going to be that voice as much anymore looking well, out for the fans you know and there there is also the concern that you know obviously it's undeniable that the product improved from a tv standpoint and that you know there was Every report suggested that the atmosphere was better backstage. You had people brought back, people wanting to go back who had, you know, been, had happily departed before. And then um, it is worth noting that Vince's role was downplayed, you know, so there's probably some responsibility there on the terms of the company. I mean, they weren't publicly pushing back against anything. And I understand he's your boss, technically being the chairman of the, the board, he wields a lot of power, but it's, it's just, it, all of it stinks to me. And I, 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 I can't. It's, it's hard for me to reconcile this, especially like, you know what I was saying before with the $19 million repayment, which again, like it, it's fi SEC filing. It wasn't like some discrete thing that, that was dug up. This was reported um, and admitted to because it was supposed to be like, hey, you cost the company this much money with this investigation and you need to repay it. But then within weeks of that, he gets a new contract with a, with a salary, with room for, for stock bonuses, with all this other stuff. It just does not send a good message, especially to, you know, women working within the company that there yeah. was someone who, I mean, that's why, let's not forget, that's why he stepped away. And again, allegations on proven court. I understand that. But if I'm a, a woman working in WWE and then I saw him step aside and the company kind of, you know, elevate Stephanie and do all these things that seem to be a step in the right direction after these allegations, and then all of it sort of effectively just gets undone within because Vince decides he wants to be back. Like, yeah. Come on, and this is this really does seem to be like um, it's like payback. This is like they tried to push him out of his company, right? And this was his response, very much, I think. And we, we know he's trash talked his own family in the past, and they're in his eyes, their incompetence and their inability to follow in his footsteps. And that's what this was it was his way of coming back and saying, You can't take my company from me, I am now gonna force my way in and chart the destiny of this company in a way that you don't want it to go. And I'm not saying that it never would have been sold because we were talking about that for a while, that the sale eventually was inevitable. I don't think it was going to be happening immediately, though. I think you were going to see like Stephanie and Triple H and Tony Khan, kind of Tony Khan, Nick Khan, putting their mark on it, establishing it and Vince saying, you know what? No, you're going to push me out. You're going to vote against me this company is going to be what I want it to be and we're selling and you're out. And I think that that's what this was. And you look again, we all have our personal biases. I'm put off personally by the fact that like, we know, look, Vince's Vince bought this thing. It's not like his dad gave it to him. That needs to be said. He didn't inherit it. It wasn't handed to him. He had to pay for it a million and a half dollars, but he had to pay for it. And so, but, but there's something to be said here for somebody that would just choose to, <laughs> this is to screw over their own family and just go for power and as much money as you can. And look, I'm not saying we're going to see like, like Stephanie McMahon on the side of the road panhandling anytime soon, but to put your family out in the cold like that, instead of saying, I'm going to take care of my family. And again, this is my own personal bias. This is a family business. I'm going to look out for my family. I'm going to make sure that they're taken care of. Like, you know, take care of your own children better than you took care of classy Freddie Blassie. That would probably yeah. be nice, you know? 
again, the the, the overlaps with other uh, items in the news, it, it's just uh, incredible. I mean, so much of what you're saying, I think, applies to to other people, and and uh, uh, it it I don't think it's coincidence. I mean, again, I think this this is what we're talking about. This is the the kind of people that we're we're talking about, and there are relatively few of them, thank thankfully, uh, but but all in in positions of of great power. Um, all right. Why don't we talk a little bit about uh, uh, the rest of WrestleMania? You know, mostly fun stuff. I mean, I, a, a really good show, right? I mean, over, over both days, I had a blast. I thought um, lots of high points, relatively few low points. One of them involved the McMahon, Shane McMahon, uh, and and his return. That was a disaster, uh, but a, a lot to like. They went with the main event that we hoped for, night one, with um, Kevin and Sammy winning the titles. And again, in, in terms of essentially the, the opposite of what we got with Cody and um, and Roman, this was built up and they delivered and it was feel good and it was just kind of this release. And I think it was everything y- you wanted it to be. Do, do you agree, Brian? I do. And and it was uh, it was a great way to end the first night. I know that there was that question of whether they should put Ripley and Flair on last. And I'll even go so far as to say that self-contained just as a match, I think that they stole the night. Uh, it was a better, yeah, it was a better Rhea match. Ripley and Charlotte Flair was the best bell-to-bell match of night one and possibly even of the whole show. But it still should not have gone on last. I think they made the right choice. You don't you don't have to put the best match on last. Otherwise, you know, Steamboat and Savage would have closed out WrestleMania 3, right? They didn't. So, I mean, they made the right choice to have that feel-good ending, to pay off. Like, like Hunter said in the press conference, he was right. It's the story that warrants that last match and that main event, that feel-good story, the one that people are the most invested in of anything and they really did it in spades there with just the even just the little things. Again, it's like this is what I'm going to miss if Vince is back. But like all the little things of like the, it coming down to Sammy and Jay in those final moments, and the look on his face and pausing for a moment. That look of just like this is it right here. This is what it came down to. It didn't have to be this way, but this is the way it is. It was just picture picture perfect cinematic not in, not as a cinematic match but a cinematic moment it was just beautiful i i think it was delivered so well that was like the apex of wwe night one and sammy and kevin uh came out and they've referenced pro wrestling gorilla right. directly so, and indirectly yeah. on air a couple times they essentially had pro wrestling, modified pro wrestling gorilla logos they did PWG logos on their tights. So yeah, that was all I, I, great. I don't know that that's something Vince signs off on. <laughs> right, right. That was all great, and and uh, yeah, good. You know, if if there's a, a a downside, I don't know downside, but kind of a come down, and we saw it last night. Whereas for for all that build up, now they're the tag team champions. Now they move on, and we got a reminder last night about what it means to be tag team champions, and it means like you're in the mid card with street profits, having a good match that doesn't mean a whole lot, and and that is sort of the come down is um, now you're in the tag team division. And and um, historically, you know, that's not the greatest place to be in, in WWE. And really, you know, as long as you're in that tag team division, short of just doing like the super matches, you know, Brock and a partner or, or all these big stars, um, you know, are, are we that excited about them working with the Alpha Academy or the Viking Raiders oh. or, or what have you? You know, it's just... Um, they showed how they are WrestleMania headliners as an act. And they're so much bigger than the rest of the division that th- that's one of the things that they have to kind of figure out now. 
I have a thought on that, and and it's an opportunity that I don't know if they'll take, but by the very notion that you have now two main eventers that are holding the world tag team title, and they even made the tag team title the main event of the first night, which never been done at WrestleMania, tag team title match main event. Excuse me. You have the opportunity to make the tag team title matches when you want them to be into main events and you can do it as a way to give Roman a rest. If they're stuck with Roman now for a while, you could, you can't do this with any old team. Like if street profits or Viking Raiders are the tag team champs, you can't do this. But with those two guys, you can say, Oh wow. These two other main eventers now are going to take a shot at Zane and Owens. And it's going to be for the world tag team title. And we could make that a main event. You know what I mean? You can't do that with any old team. I'm not saying they're going to do that. Last night wasn't an indication of that, but they could. They could potentially do it as a way, like I said, to not have Roman also in every main event. I I think that would be a great thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Again, sort of like how we began this conversation, that's all well and good, and I'd have some faith in in that being a a possible under Triple H. Under Vince McMahon, we know what Vince McMahon thinks about tag team wrestling and how he presents it. And again, not not a lot of reason for for optimism. Um, so it you know it was the build, build, build to get the title on Sammy and Kevin. And now I feel like, you know, barring again, sort of like a complete uh, a changing of of what the tag team division means. Um, I sort of feel like they can't hold on to those belts for t- for too long. You know, for for their own good. If if Sammy wants to be back in that main event pitcher, Kevin wants to be back in the main event pitcher, um, they they cannot be pigeonholed as members of the tag team division. Um, so we'll see. Uh, uh, what what else in terms of big matches? Uh, uh, the Mysterios, maybe it's an opportunity to talk about the weekend for, for Ray Mysterio. I thought he was great. I thought this match was fantastic. Again, delivered 100%. I think Dominic has got to be in discussion for, for most hated wrestler of the year. He's such a hateable great heel so good at everything that he does i love the entrance with yes. the paddy wagon just hilarious um at at the hall of fame him walking out i went to um the fan superstar which is essentially like what what access is now and there was this big mural there that was you know for people to take pictures in front of of the whole um wrestlemania logo and all the the people and it was spray painted and i was like what you know jerk did this and then you realize it's spray painted over Rhea and over uh, Ray, and it was Dominic and Charlotte. And there was also some stuff of theirs in like the Hall of Fame um, display, and that stuff was defaced. So I just loved it. Um, you know, you you could have put Dominic over. This felt like the right finish. Everything perfect. I loved the involvement with the family. I love the LWO. I think it that's that's fantastic. Um, and. Uh, taking it back a day, uh, the the Hall of Fame. I thought that was great too. I thought Conan was great. I thought Ray's just immensely likable. You know the stories about his his love story with with his wife and her like dropping out of med school to support him when he was uh, training to be a wrestler and sleeping under the ring. It, it was just so uh, authentic and sweet and just kind of like again something that made you feel good. Yeah, yeah, that was really nice. And you know, I was at cauliflower alley club last fall and conan got the lucha libre award and Rey mysterio got you know i forget which one but a major award and um and so they spoke a little bit about each other at that event and you could just uh, some of the same they said some of the same things and you can tell the love they have for each other and that ray owes everything to conan in in a very real way and 
he knows it and it came across so beautifully uh but yeah the the match could have the beauty of it was it could have really gone either way i think they were they there were justifications for either guy winning and it, and it still would have been great i think that dominic I was skeptical. I've always been skeptical of him when he first started. I was skeptical of him when he turned heel. Um, I think it's great. And I think the father-son, this storyline is probably the second best thing they've got going outside of the bloodline, which is great because you don't want it to just be just a one-story show. I, I think um, it's it's very cool. I'm wondering what happens with, with Rhea. I almost feel like she's starting to outgrow it a little bit. I agree, like, like, yeah. Like she should move on. And, and definitely, I don't All think she should judge judgment, judgment day, day anymore. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't I don't know that we even need to see the judgment day. I feel like everybody's kind of like moved on now. We see Damian Priest um mixing it up with, with Bad Bunny, and we saw Bad Bunny involved um <laughs> in, in this match. And I think it's fine. The guy's a huge star if he's up for doing something with them. I think they, they're smart to take him up on it, especially with the pay-per-view coming uh to Puerto Rico. Do, do you think, uh, Kevin, that there there's still some mileage left in in Ray and uh Dominic? Um I think there's, you know, I was telling uh, uh, my wife and kids yesterday that the one place that they they haven't gone to yet, and maybe they don't ever go there, is um, Dominic smacking his mother, something like that. I mean, that's where like they gone right up to the line with him telling her to to, to shut up. But sort of, if you really want to take it to the next level, does he does he physically attack his mother, something like that, which would be so unthinkable, uh, and that I, would give this even more heat. I don't really want to see him as the ruthless heel. I think if he does something to that effect, uh, I'd stay away from it. But if he did, I would almost like have his mom, like <laughs> not sell it. And hit him back. <laughs> because, because what happened at WrestleMania with, um, he got spanked and he got slapped with his mom yeah. on camera. It's, it's fantastic. It's a, <laughs> yeah. the spoiled brat character. It's, it's perfect. It is over the top in such a great way. He has the prison teardrop tattoo from yeah. his 12 hours in jail. He, it is, it is so, so good. And Ray is a perfect counterpart to it because he resisted fighting him for so long. And then he's like, all right, listen to me, <laughs> you little S, you know, and, like, <laughs> yeah. and just, you know, right. like you don't, you don't disrespect your mother <laughs> and your sister yeah. and, you know, and then, um, I, yeah, I do think there's mileage left, especially because Ray beat him. Um, I don't think you have to have Dominic go over Ray really strong at any point. I, I, I they no. probably will if they continue this, but uh, honestly, like I think he's really good in this role right now, and I think Rhea, with the reaction she's getting, can easily just kind of realize like, hey, this guy's a loser, and I can she can separate from him and be a good yeah. baby face. But I was but I don't think their story's over yet either, and I think that's part of what makes this so entertaining. Yeah. Right. I was thinking that would be a big part. Like once he loses that she would then have the attitude of like, you're a loser. I don't want to be with you anymore now, yeah. you know, to, to Dominic. I also think we need to at some point ask the question of what is it with Rhea Ripley and Buddy Matthews and the Mysterio children? What, what's what's going on there? We have <laughs> Buddy is in love with Ray's daughter. Uh, Rhea's in love <laughs> with it's, Ray's it's, son. It's funny because there was this screenshot of uh Dominic at the Hall of Fame with Rhea next to him, and then Rhea's real life boyfriend, uh, Buddy Matthews, next to her. Yes. And then somebody tweeted, like, this is just hilarious to see this. And then Buddy Matthews quote tweeted it and said, Believe it or not, Aaliyah's on the other side of me. And of course, Buddy and Aaliyah <laughs> had the, the storyline uh, connection a while back right. where they were going to yeah. have a romance there. <laughs> yeah. It's all a lot of fun. Uh, again, the kind of not to be a downer, but the kind of thing like you hope sticks around. Such good WWE storytelling. You know, just in in terms of of touching on this, 
Um, I, I think a, a really cool moment for, for Latino representation in WWE, that match that you had Ray and Dominic on such a high profile, his family uh, at ringside, um, the, the LWO and the pop that the LWO got when they got those shirts Friday night, bad, huge, you know, superstar Bad Bunny at ringside getting involved. It was just, it, it was cool. It was, um, I yeah. think, classy. It was all uh, just perfectly executed. And the crowd loved it. Everybody ate it up. So that was a, a lot of fun. And, and um, I'm very excited for the, the fact that WWE is returning to Puerto Rico. And I, I know that there's been some talk about, you know, their subsidies they're receiving for that. Honestly, for all we've talked about the, the, the Saudi Arabia shows being controversial for that reason, I think it's great for Puerto Rico because it's, it's yes. you know, that mm-hmm. it, it's just been through uh, so much over the last, you know, decade. Uh, between natural disasters and, and and so many other things, and uh, it has such a rich history of pro wrestling and like some of the, the most passionate fans in the world. Um, so to see WWE go back there and then have you know Bad Bunny hosting the show and you know potentially have Ray and Dominic as as uh, as you said Latino representation and a, a major part of that show. I think that's a really cool thing. So some stuff to look forward to there, I think. Yeah. Uh, in terms of some other highlights from WrestleMania, the, the Intercontinental title match, I think everything that we hoped it would be Drew so good. Uh, yeah. just beating the crap out of each other and um, a, a really fun match to, to watch live. You know, again, my, my kids sort of like on the periphery of being fans now don't even know like these players that well. But how do you, you know, this is just like the most sort of like uh, – uh, reflexive sort of thing as a person is just watching a fight right and they were into it because these guys were just smashing each other uh and it was a, a blast uh you know i think a lot of people pulling for for sheamus to to get that ic belt that didn't get it uh but uh nobody's complaining gunther it's looks fine. good and he's he's primed now i think the the one thing with with that it's like it's one of those situations where retaining the title might be a bad thing i mean similar to what we were just saying with kevin and sammy is um he might have outgrown the, the IC title already, and and if he lost it, I think all right, good. Now he's he's primed to move into a bigger spot. Um, as long as he's got that title, you know. But he's got plenty of time too. And and this is all to say the, the match was fantastic. And without knowing what the main event was going to turn out to be, it really did seem to me and probably a lot of people that he would have been the logical lined up challenger for Cody. Um, you know, ba- especially based on the Royal Rumble thing. Um, he's definitely a better match for Cody than for Roman, I think. And, and I I think it was, it was the right move, not necessarily that he kept the belt, but the right move that he didn't get pinned or defeated. Like what I was kind of imagining was they would do a thing where, you know, he'd lose it, but he'd lose it because Seamus or McIntyre pinned each other. And then that would add fuel to his fire of why he didn't want to be in a triple threat in the first place, you know, but then he does, but he still, he still looks like a monster because he never really lost. Like that would have been another way to go to, but but I'm glad that he came out looking strong. Like people always say, wrestling is so many different things, and it's great to have so many different types of matches and things. And that's the kind of thing that the kind of match that that I, I really enjoy seeing. You know, I, I'm one of these people. You know, Johnny Valentine, Wahoo McDaniel, Harley Race. Like I could watch stuff like that all day of people just, you know demolishing each other in that very realistic way but at the, in the back of your head you know they're okay because it's wrestling like that's what i love about wrestling like i can't watch a ufc fight but i could watch that all day long and, and i loved it it was I, it was it was awesome like that's that's my favorite kind of wrestling yeah yeah a lot of fun 
Very good. Uh, what, what else on the show? Uh, Edge and Finn Balor was fine. I think the crowd was into it. I mean, I think the story coming out of it, it was the nasty cut that, that Finn got, um, which was... I was really, pretty really upset about the interruption at that time when I thought it was just, oh, he's, he, you know, he got a little you know. gash. Um, That's, the, you know, like the, the tricky the moment, thing about right. PG, without WWE. Knowing, without you know, knowing yeah. how bad it was in the moment. Yeah, no, they, had, they absolutely did the right thing in stopping it. But, but when I didn't realize the severity of it, I was like, come on, like you're ruining the flow of this match. It's hell in a cell. Yeah, and, and the whole idea of hell in a cell. Okay, I get it. And if anything, a little blood would have helped too, <laughs> sure. honestly, you know, but yeah. not, yeah, not but a cut like that. that side, you can't mess but it is one of these things that WWE runs into every once in a while that, that really kind of um, tears down that, that fourth wall, which I guess is one of the things you were talking about doing, promoting is a good thing. But it's like you've got this, this match, which is a, it's like sort of the ultimate gimmick when you really hate this guy and you want to tear him apart. And it's like, he cut himself. Wait. Oh, okay, I'll wait. I'll stand back here. Wait. While you. Let the doctors <laughs> in. Open the yeah. door. Right, yeah. I want to kill you, but you got a cut on your head, so let me stand <laughs> over here. <laughs> um, the other thing, we touched on it before. This wasn't a big deal, but worth talking about Shane McMahon's uh, return and almost immediate sort of uh, incapacitation. That stretch of the uh, show was cursed. It was back-to-back. -back, yeah, things. yeah. And, and you know, the the... And look, I get a kick out of the Miz. I, I think he serves a role. Uh, but on both nights, the the worst segments, I think it's fair to say, in, involve the Miz. Uh, night one, uh, Pat McAfee. We were talking about, you know, who do you put in that spot? Is, you know, does the Undertaker come out and tombstone him? Does Steve Austin come out and give him a stunner? It was McAfee, and it's like, meh, they won't even pay for the uh, the white stripes anymore. So it was like the, <laughs> the not even like the, the, the fun McAfee. And, and it just felt, it, it just wasn't very good. And then obviously even worse on on uh, the next night with with Shane coming back. What does that mean? I mean, that's that's also is that something? You know, is, is it on the same week that Vince is, is back in charge? We see Shane back on on TV. It, is that, Shane back? That family's had a lot of drama over the years, a lot of reconciliations. Shane's left and come back before. Yeah, and certainly a nasty injury. And I think we're we're not going to have time to get into Supercard of Honor here. But worth noting, you know, Dante Martin had this yeah, gnarly leg injury, really nasty during, you know, a very dangerous spot. A Canadian destroyer, you know, off the ladder through multiple tables and, and you know, people were rightfully like concerned, like, do you really need to do it? something like that? But the reality is Shane McMahon, who, you know, he's an older guy, but he's in good shape and everything, takes care of himself, does does practices jujitsu, I think. Did a leapfrog and it yeah. happened. He tore his quad. Like so, the, the I'm not saying that you shouldn't consider the risk of a, a, a something you're doing because of course you should. But it just shows how you know how fragile our bodies are and how easily you can get hurt doing anything in wrestling. Yeah, yeah the yeah. column that I did about a while back about what happened to Hangman Adam Page was all about how sometimes the worst injuries in wrestling really happen in the moves that don't look that serious or, or bad or crazy. Like that's the reality that's pulling back the curtain. Sometimes the moves that are more elaborate and look more dangerous are the ones that they're the most careful with, you know, yeah. and it's yeah. the simple, you know, Bruno San Martino breaks his neck on a body slam, you know, things like that. Um, th that's what happens. Look, Shane is, Shane is in shape, but Shane is 53 years old. No offense. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I love the guy. He signed my checks for a while, but he is the age now that Vince was when he was feuding with Austin and the Austin yeah. man thing. And I don't think he's Vince. Like, that's the thing. Well, you know? He only tore one quad. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That, <laughs> I mean, I've been vocal that I, for a long time that I don't think Shane should come in and look like a threat to wrestlers because he's not, 
Yeah, maybe that's one of the upsides. Maybe they're finally kind of getting that realization that, like, look, this guy cannot be. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame that's what it had to come to. I don't want to see anybody no, absolutely like, hurt just trying no. to go out there and entertain. Yeah, him, but I felt very bad for him in that. Sure. You know, it's just yeah. it's embarrassing. Snoop, you know, it's Snoop gotta be a pro. I got to give it to, to. I mean, like Snoop came through in the moment. I think a lot of people were were um, saying, you know, how how smart he was and that they pulled off that audible to me clearly that was a spot that was planned in the match probably all along um but probably after they they, they shifted so, yeah because i mean you saw Miz, Miz uh, immediately position himself for the other uh, yeah. people's elbow so clearly that there was a plan for that but i think they covered up nicely i think snoop um you know i said it when he was inducted a few years ago uh he's got something I mean, he gave one of the best hall of fame speeches and he just seems to sort of get it on the right level you know um and yep. and the fan and that goes a long way um as for the rest of the card we'd have to go through everything else but you know up and down i think it it over delivered brock and amas was a lot of fun even those um the the multi tag team uh, matches uh were were both pretty good especially the men's one the, the crowd was going crazy for that match the men's one was um, was a lot better than i thought it was very yeah, good yeah um, Oscar and and Bianca was was fine. The I think the highlight was Bianca's entrance, and you hear the story about the little girl whose mother died, just heartbreaking. Uh, yeah. but I think Bianca's great. Um, and and they need to keep uh, going there. And uh, I think that's it. That was the, the 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 big stuff. But but you know, people are talking about it as one of the great WrestleManias, and I agree. And I think WWE now has a little bit of a streak going. Of um, I think you know whatever four years into it, they're sort of figuring out that that formula. I think two nights helps because um, both nights go about four hours, and right when you're sort of starting to get exhausted, they're kind of going to the finish. Versus you know. A couple of years ago, you'd be exhausted, and there'd still be half the show left to go. <laughs> uh, so uh, this works a lot better. You, you touched on some of this stuff, and there is so much that goes on over the weekend. And we won't get to to all of it, uh, but uh, NXT new champion in uh, Carmelo Hayes. Um, He's great. You know, I think the guy's got some star power. I think it, it's probably the right move. I assume Braun maybe uh, gets to to come up. So um, um, that's all great. Braun was not the only Steiner making news um, over the weekend. <laughs> Un- unfortunately, a terrible story about uh, his father, Rick Steiner, at WrestleCon. Um, seemingly unprovoked, just kind of unloading on, on Giselle Shaw. Shaw the current, current PWI cover star, Giselle Shaw, who's interviewed inside the magazine. Certainly, Yeah, that I think was like the, the, the real alarming thing was that, you know, by all indication, it was – not that there's there's any provocation for that, but he just started kind of going off. It was one hundred percent unprovoked and, and offensive and horrible. And I mean, I'll, I'll die on the hill if anybody who'd like want watching this, reading the magazine, thinks it was in any way appropriate what he did. Look, we don't need your money. Just like that. That was that was like I I don't. I don't and like the like that, that was, we, need, we need everybody's money. But that was discouraging. <laughs> yeah. And that was a discouraging thing is is seeing any um defenders of him. And it's like, look, whatever you, yeah. you think here, um, this is Very just in the wrestling community too. People and yeah. wrestlers and promoters and everybody were universally like, What is wrong with you? I hope so. Because again, whatever you think, it's like this is just some guy just attacking another human being out of out of the blue, yeah. unprovoked, that didn't do anything. Um uh just awful, you know, it and I haven't seen video. I don't know if there is video. I don't know if Rick Steiner has a different side um, to what happened, but certainly uh, Giselle's version and some people who I saw um, post, they witnessed it. It sounds like it, pretty much what Giselle uh, said, in which case it's it's disgraceful. And um, I think that's going to change the way a lot of people look at a guy who was part of a pretty beloved uh, a tag team. Um, and I, I, you know, 
And I would think for a guy like him, something like Russell Khan is is a big revenue generator uh, each year. And I just I can't imagine him being welcome at these kinds of so things. So disappointing. Anymore. Yeah. Who would yeah. have thought yeah. that Scott Steiner would be the more right? level-headed of the Steiners? Like like when, uh, <laughs> I know. I know. Well, well, who knows? I mean, he just yeah. Well, Cornette had a great line about it. Actually, he said, "When I first heard that, my initial response was." Are you sure they got the right Steiner? Because, I mean, it's nothing against Scott, but yeah. I'm not saying that he holds those thoughts at all. I'm not. But he has but more representation. Of the two, yeah. I would be the least surprised if it was him. And there's yeah. absolutely the, the component of it uh, of, um, you know, whatever you think, whatever, you know, backwards thinking you have. Your, your son is in the wrestling business and he's right. trying to climb up. Like, um, what a terrible thing to do because now your son has got to carry this with him right i mean now like there, there's not a way that this doesn't somehow rub off not, not that it should right i mean like i i don't put any of this on on braun not knowing you know what he thinks about any of it uh but it's just you're you're putting baggage on your kid that he doesn't need that's what gets me about it too it's like the the idea that you would think that you could just do something like that just the audacity of it and that there'd be no repercussions and like you said my son has having the maybe the biggest match of his career tomorrow yeah. and now this is what everyone's going to be talking about instead yeah. of my son look i am under no illusions that all of a sudden everybody is going to hold hands and sing kumbaya and there <laughs> there are people in the world that have awful terrible hateful opinions and thoughts and the best we could hope is that one day, and it happens sometimes, that they can change, that they could learn, that they could get better, because they're not just going to vanish and disappear from the earth. So that's the best thing we could hope for. Yeah. It's quite another thing when you when you can't keep it to yourself and you're out there and harassing somebody who's just trying to live their lives for no reason. Yeah. I mean, nothing. Those two things are completely different. Like you get these morons who are just like, well, everybody's entitled to an opinion. He's just, but yes, great, awesome. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. You're not entitled to be screaming it at somebody no. and harassing imagine, them I mean, even when they're trying to live their lives, you know? Right. I mean, put it aside. I mean, imagine if somebody whatever i mean would you start screaming about somebody's appearance at, at something you know you're right it's it's just uh what well, is identity no it's not just appearance you know like this is right yeah yeah i mean it's like, the person is um um and and no i agree but but it, it's just to say that like there is no justification and and um it, right. it's crazy to see people defending him and clearly he thinks he's so much in a right that like he was fine right like i mean he, he right uh, right and, and his mind he, was, he did it twice that's the thing he, he, yeah. he yelled at her the first time and she was kind of like man that was uncomfortable I'm, i i hope i don't run into that person again and then later she was like you know what let me take a walk and see if we can figure out who did this and he did it again yeah right. no right i mean he was unashamed he, of it apparently yeah, um it, and it, it, uh yeah. Has he, has he said anything? I don't, I don't, no, I don't think. No, I, I honestly, I mean, like, he's not going to, he's not going to be like, you know what? I've thought about it. Like, I, yeah, I really no, doubt, right. I really doubt it. I, that would be amazing if somebody went and talked to him. And Well, like, that is, you know, and maybe it happens. I mean, like, there certainly are situations where that kind of thing has happened, where sure, somebody has a yeah. certain um, Which is great. Um, point of view and, and they get enlightened. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes it takes something like this for you to consider perspectives that you wouldn't have considered uh otherwise yeah. i don't know i think it's wishful thinking uh and anything else coming out of the weekend you guys uh, wanted to to touch on bushwhacker butch yeah away. absolutely Sunday yeah night. that happened uh, i guess the news uh broke monday right of his passing yeah yeah he actually came out there you know because he 
because Luke is always everywhere. He does a lot. Was of he there work. over the weekend? I wasn't even aware of that. He was. He was. Oh, really? And and Butch Butch has been sick for years, and so he usually stays in New Zealand. Like I remember, you know, I I've run into Luke a few times, and I'll say like, "Hey, where's Butch?" And it's always like, "Well, he's home. He doesn't really come out much. He's sick." He came out for this. It was the first time he came out in years to wow. do like bushwhacker signings together, which they hadn't done in the longest time. And I think, I mean, it was a medical issue. It was something related to his medication. I think what somebody described it as was, you know, he just was not up to the travel in his health and in his old age that the travel got to him. And yeah, he was actually, I believe he was actually taken out of one of the appearances and taken directly to the ICU. And he was there for like a couple of days and he just, and he didn't make it. And I mean, um, God, I mean, look, um, I know that the Bushwhackers were as silly as as comedic as it can be. They were also one of the most over acts in the WWF for years. Yeah. Um, they kids absolutely adored them, and they were a big part of that product for a long time. And and I mean they and they reinvented themselves. They were like one of the most bloodthirsty tag yeah, teams of all time, and then they turned into the, one of the most family friendly, beloved kids tag teams of all time. And, I, and actually, Brian, we were the, that at the uh, International Pro Wrestling. Uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, during the the panel, uh, Luke was talking about like how, you know, of course, both finally a butch, but was was talking about how that was such a great thing for them because they had to bleed and hurt themselves for so long to make money, and then they were just able to go out and do funny dances and you know lick people and yeah, and, and they were they were like in the they were like middle aged by that point. So it's yeah. I mean they spent half their careers before that even happened for them. So, I mean, yeah. that that was a really cool thing. A lot of people love them. Like, I've told the story before, and it's like, even Vince McMahon had a very high opinion of them. I remember when they were doing, because he knew how over they were, when they were starting the Legends program, I was in the room when they were, like, pitching who was going to be in it. And he blew a gasket because he was seeing, like, JR was involved and, like, some of the other, like, they were putting people from, you know, Memphis and Florida and Mid-Atlantic people that Vince just had no connection to. And he's looking and he's going, well, these people don't belong here. And the, one of the first words out of his mouth was, where are the Bushwhackers? <laughs> really, where? And I know there's a lot of fans whose heads would explode hearing that. But I mean, they were a very valued part of the product for not because they were in the main event or they were tag team champions, but you're presenting a family friendly product. And look, as they, as they say, they put a lot of smiles on a lot of people's faces. And I think that's a very, very valuable role that they both played. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Our condolences to uh, his family. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I think it would be remiss to say also, uh, you know, a less serious note, but there was a lot of good wrestling over the weekend that happened. Uh, obviously like both nights of WrestleMania, very good, especially night one. Um, but you know, there's, there's super card of honor. There was a wide ranging of things from uh, the collective and GCW. That stuff's all on Fight TV Plus, which actually you can get. There's a cheap subscription you can get now. You don't have to like buy all those individually. So you, so you had Effie's Big Gay Brunch for the Culture event. You had uh, a, a great Lucha show after WrestleMania Saturday. Um, and then, you know, you had things uh, taking place at WrestleCon as well. You had the Impact, uh, Impact New Japan hybrid show you had. Uh, TJPW took to jo you know, Joshi Pro doing its first show stateside. DDT ran a show uh, uh, on Fight TV. The, a lot of cool stuff out there to go and check out. If there are, you know, we talk about most of these people in the magazine. So if there's a name you don't recognize and you want to go look into them and see their work, this is 
a lot of people were out there this weekend doing doing pretty cool stuff. So yeah, it was sort of do that. it was sort of the first um, WrestleMania where those kind of fully back from COVID because even into 2022, yeah. uh, there were still some remnants. We were just getting you know over Omicron. Uh, this really felt like kind of um, back to business, and it's great. Yeah. And and again, always kind of a come down afterwards because you know WWE talks about. Uh, they always had their season premiere in September, whatever that means, and, and it's meaningless. But this does feel like kind of the reset. And uh, the the Raw after WrestleMania is always supposed to kind of be the, the biggest Raw of the year. But again, there's sort of a come down because now you're done and now we're starting all over again, building to, to next year's WrestleMania. And I and hope to see you both there in Philadelphia. I will be there, yes. Yeah, I think I'm staying at your house. <laughs> Yeah. Not the, the yeah. entire staff can stay at my house. <laughs> yeah. I had the poor planning to decide that my son was going to be born the week of WrestleMania. So we have to uh, – uh, I'm, I'm, I will definitely be there in some capacity, but it's highly unlikely, as Gorilla would say, that I'll be there the entire weekend, unfortunately. We should definitely talk about doing something. I mean yeah. – um, uh, we'll do that off air. We'll we'll, yeah. cu- we'll have something out. <laughs> Cash this out right now, <laughs> right here. All right, guys, a lot of fun. Um, appreciate uh, all you guys doing this with me. And um, again, go to ho- head over to pwi-online.com uh, for this latest issue. We'll have our WrestleMania coverage in a future issue. And uh, that's it for now. We will see you again soon.